morning and welcome again to another episode of Source of Truth Podcast and our daily devotional. And uh, we're glad you're with us today and just a wonderful opportunity to be together. And it's somewhat unique as we say be together as we're all in different locations uh, watching on a computer screen or a TV or listening on a on our podcast or in a car or something like that and so to say be together but in these current days that's the new a new norm to an extent that much of us getting together is in these different times but I want to say thank you uh, for being with us and just giving me the opportunity uh, share some thoughts uh, for this day and uh, just what's going on and as you know we've been go- just started going through the book of Proverbs and uh, with the goal to be able to gain wisdom, and again, when I say gain wisdom, it's not my wisdom or preacher's wisdom. As we examine God's wisdom uh, from the book of Proverbs, a great, great tool, I would encourage you uh, as we go through this, if you haven't made it part of your daily practice and, or your weekly practice, I encourage you to take some time to go through and read the book of Proverbs. The easiest way to do it is read one Proverbs a day. You kind of go off the date. Uh, today is the 18th, and so you'd read Proverbs 18 things of that nature. And uh, once a day, uh, read through it. It, it, and most of them take about two, maybe three minutes to read, and uh, it's a great truth, as it just continues to put truth and wisdom into your mind, and you'll be amazed that a book that was written technically thousands of years ago was yet still so prevalent today. And you know why uh, it's so prevalent today? Because the Bible clearly states there's no new thing under the sun. Uh, what we deal with today is the same source of the battles that were dealt with you know what, 20, you know, 2,000 years ago, 3,000 years ago. And so nothing's new, and we're glad that in that, God is still in control. He hasn't changed, and he knows what's going on. So we go back to his word in the book of uh, Proverbs and examine what it is that we can learn for today. So we're going to continue in Proverbs chapter 2 today. And um, we talked last time about the idea of how, you know, why do you want wisdom? What can you gain from this? And in verse, you know, verse number 5, we ended with, said, then, thou, then... When you really want to understand knowledge, then thou shalt understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, I'm going to kind of use that as a segue as we break between 5 and 6. Because in verse 6 it says this, For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and perverteth the ways of his saints. Preserve us the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, every good path. So what we see is, there, you know, he said at one point, this is what happens when you refuse to follow wisdom. This is what happens. How do you gain it? And really, when you want to seek it. And now he, he talks about what we can gain from this. Now, I want to, when I say this segue, we go back to this verse where he talks about you should understand the fear of the Lord. That's a phrase that is, uh, I think we understand, but I just want to take a minute talking about Because some, when we think of fear, we do see it as we do today. It's a very powerful tool. But most of us, fear keeps us from doing something. Fear, you know, doesn't always drive us you know we're we're afraid to witness to somebody so we you know fear keeps us we're afraid of uh, of getting a virus and so we stay away from certain places we're we're afraid of uh, making you know getting embarrassed so we don't do we don't do this and so and some fears are good um, you know when if you're afraid of, you know if you don't get hit by a car if you're afraid to walk across the street so you use wisdom uh, so sometimes fear there's some things you should be afraid of I don't like to use the word fear but I have a healthy love and respect for snakes and spiders things of that nature so I kill them uh, snakes to stay away I kill them uh, now remember I lived in Georgia for a while and uh, up here snakes and spiders eh, they're just they're just nasty to crunch 
in the South, snakes and Spider-Man, some of them were deadly. And uh, you just, by the time you get close enough to find out, was it a black widow or brown recluse, something that could actually kill you, uh, you're too close. Uh, when I got there, they were telling me that these brown recluses could jump up to six feet. So I figure if I stay 30 feet away, I'm pretty good. Uh, it wasn't fear, it was I just don't want to get bit by one of those spiders. Now, that's, should we say, reverence to an extent. You know, if I got close enough, step on it, move on. We, we kind of see fear in the wrong way in that aspect. This fear is much a reverence. It's, it's, it's what drives me. And so let, let me give you an example. I was studying something this morning uh, for my personal study, and it talked about the idea of what drives us and what doesn't. Uh, and really, they gave the idea of fear as a, a two-sided coin. For example, if my, it really it took fear into the area of idolatry, if we can use what he was talking about. If my desire and idolatry is to have money, then I have a great fear for losing it. If my greatest desire is to have control, if control is my idolatry, then I struggle in any circumstance of which I have no control. Um, if my desire is material possessions, I fear losing it. If my desire is acceptance of other people, then I fear anybody who wouldn't like me, things of that nature. And so what happens is a lot of what he was saying was these things can drive us in some scenarios, want those so bad that they carry a greater desire more than being accepted and loved by God. Now, God loves and accepts us, but you understand, but being approval, doing things that would please God over things different than my own flesh. So when we look at this, the desire for fear is more of a reverence, understanding who God is and how much he loves us and what we can gain from this. And so when we fear him, it's, a, it's an understandable reverence that we want him to be pleased in what we do and we want to come closer to him. I guess the greatest way we can look at this, because the Bible does reference God as our heavenly father. Now, for those who grew up in homes where maybe this was, you know, the home was complicated, you didn't have a dad, or the relationship was complicated, you may not fully understand this. But for those like me who grew up in a home that had a great mom and a great dad, good relationships with them, uh, you understand what it means to have a good father. Uh, father was one who was a protector. I mean, when I was growing up, Man, if you thought you were in trouble, you heard the voice of dad, everything was fine. There were nights that my mom and dad would still be at work at the church, and you know, we as young kids went to bed, you know, and they're probably the same property, even sometimes the same building, but we were in bed. And, but because all these noises, because dad wasn't around, the moment you heard dad's voices, the noises just seemed to disappear because you respected dad, you're glad he's there, there was protection, there was love. Um, you know, I never was really ever fearful of my dad or my mom in those scenarios. And, and those type of things bring you know, comfort. That, that's kind of the idea when we, when we reverence and we get to know our God, we understand he loves us. We understand he, he's always by us. He's not looking to knock us down. He's looking to encourage us. He's there to protect us as we'll see this today. So this love and reverence for God is very much a personal relationship that he wants to have with us and that we can have with him. And so let's, let's break this down and see. We have the fear. We can gain the knowledge of God. So what comes from that? So let's look at verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. Now please understand, when I get to know my God, I reverence and I learn from him, I'm gaining wisdom, I'm gaining knowledge. Something that we know in this culture just doesn't come. It's not personal. It's not me and my opinion, and that's the struggle. I can gain advice from all kinds of sources, and I should, safety in the multitude of counselors, gain advice, gain wisdom. But most of them are giving their opinion of things, which is good, and their wisdom and their experience helps. I go to God, I gain knowledge, I gain fact, I gain understanding. Now, 
that counsel helps me to understand what God's leading me in. But that's where I go. I, I gain that wisdom and that knowledge, and it comes from him. So I, I want to stay as close to God in his word, in prayer, getting closer to him, because I gain from him wisdom and knowledge. Here's what he does then as I gain it. Verse 7, he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. For those seeking it, desiring it, it is there. Uh, he is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. The buckler talks about the idea of a protector. He is a protector of them that walk uprightly. He's going to guard and protect, almost like a military term, guard and protect us from the things of the world. You know, one of the things I've had to learn is when you gain this, you've got to make sure that you're putting the right things in your mind because Satan can fill your mind with so many other struggles and so many other issues. If you're not careful, it can, it can become a conflict. It really can become a conflict, and your mind thinks, what about this? And so I need him to help even guard my heart. Another part in Proverbs says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Guard your heart, because what you allow to come in causes great amount of issues. Um, so he lays up for righteous, for those who walk with God, wisdom. He's a protector of them that walk up. Verse 8, he keepeth the paths of the judgment and preserveth the ways. He keepeth it. He guards it. He, he again, protects it. He, he guards it from the battle. So we're on a path. As we, the theme verse for our podcast is, you know, the steps of a good, um, uh, that, that, that word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. He guides me, and then he, he protects it. It's like going, going through a path, not knowing what's coming out, not worrying about it, because in my path, God is going to protect, which is why it's so important to be in the right path, be in God's direction, follow him. Because when I do that, then I, I'm not as concerned about what may come, because I'm walking with him, even as David said in the valley of shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I'm not, even though that path will lead me through some things that don't always make sense, that are harsh, I can be protected. I'm walking uprightly, I'm seeking him, I'm seeking wisdom, and he will guard my path of judgment, and then he preserves the way of the saints. He, he guides and, and keeps us and, and points us in the right direction, helps us to end up in the right location as he preserves the right way. Again, this is following him. Now, let me go to verse 9. Then that shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity in every good path. One of the things that I think we should desire in our Christian lives is to understand righteousness, to understand judgment. And when we say judgment, it's not judging others. It's understanding discernment, what God wants from my life. Equity, equality, even that case, every good path. This gives us guidance. What do I do? How do I respond to this? How do I respond to this? Which direction do I go? How do I? This is giving me that guide, that path. It's what I need. Uh, this is where I gain it. I've often joked about the fact that I wish life came uh, kind of like with a GPS. And when you, you know, we, we live in a day where the GPS, it's on our phone, it's normal. The other day I took off from somewhere and uh, our phone's a couple years old now. And you joke, yes, it's not an iPhone. That's probably why it happened. But so I put my GPS on, I take off and I'm going down. I'm thinking, man, I thought I should have turned. And I looked down at my phone and right across the front, it said searching for GPS location. The GPS had been lost. I, so I'm following this phone this phone's directions, and I've been following it for probably five, 10 minutes at this point, finding out that I'm about five, 10 minutes wrong because it had lost its location. It glitched, shall we say, and I 
fix it, move down, it's no big deal. But when it works, hey, you go the wrong direction, recalculating, it moves you around. Remember, uh, some of you who are somewhat, you know, the younger generation will not understand it. This sounds like, you know, uh, you know this, sound, this sounds like hieroglyphics from a talk about. But prior to GPS, what we call MapQuest, you print, you go online, you get the maps and you print them out, you follow those. Those are very convenient and very nice as long as you never missed a turn. The moment you missed a turn, the map did not help you to recalculate. You had to find your way back to whatever it was you lost that place, and then you could go the right way. And that became complicated, see, if you're on a highway. Uh, there was a time I did this once. I didn't get off of the wrong, I got off the, excuse me, I got off of the wrong exit, but it wasn't to a town. The exit took me to another highway. So I had to go to Miles, get off an exit, find a way back to where I was, and once I got there, then follow this pre-printed map. And it's not like you can just go to a gas station and reprint it. In today's day, it's so much easier. But in those days, that became a complication. Then before that, we just went up landmarks, go down to the third tree and take a left. Um, that became complicated. Or maps. Remember? Big ones, you pull it all out, you try to figure out where you're going. Um, in those days, it was kind of on us to figure out. Today's day, you just click a button. As long as the technology is working, you're not, you, you don't even pay attention. I mean, I, I, there are days I use my GPS going home five miles simply because it'll tell me which way has got the least amount of traffic. I get kind of lazy today. Efficient, we could call it. Let me give you the reason for my silly illustration. What we're looking at today, when we understand in the fear of the Lord and we walk with God, He gives us the same benefits that, say, a GPS does today when we're traveling. Here's what I mean by that. Uh, there are times that we're wrong. You know, we, we were walking with God, and whether due to sin or frustration or whatever it is, we find ourselves off the path, this, this path of righteousness that God wants us to be on, which is something, unfortunately, that happens. You know, another passage in Proverbs, a just man falls seven times and rises up again. Getting off is not, oh, forget it. It's not. And we do that. Satan, once we get off, Satan wants us to stay off. He'll fight us, and he'll say, how horrible are you? See, you're no good, and he'll really bring guilt to him. The problem is we, we sit in the other path and say, man, i got to go back there. You know, I'm so glad that God doesn't say sorry until you find your way back. I'm, done. I'm glad that that's not how God works. I'm glad that God says, here's where you are, and here's your path back to where you need to be. And he helps me. If I'm willing to do it right, he helps me back to that path. He wants to be a guide in those scenarios. I just got to stop and say, Lord, Forgive me, help me, guide me, where did I go wrong? That is what this is talking about. So we look at this, and he, he offers sound wisdom to the righteous. He's a protector of them that walk uprightly. He protects the paths of the judgment. He preserves the way of the saints, and then he will give us understanding. He helps guide, and then he helps take care of all these other things. Um, my wife and I joke in the area of GPS, I use Google because my phone's an Android. She uses Waze, and Waze will tell us there's a police coming an officer coming. And uh, I usually notice it because just before her GPS says there's an officer coming, the traffic slows down. Usually it's when I notice there's a, uh, an officer around. And it talks about there's a car in the side of the road and this thing just, you know, it tells everything. I'm contemplating going to it because the amount of information it gives. Silliness is we look at that and say this is convenient. That is, take that to a um, supernatural level, a divine level of real life issues. And God says in, in, de in detail. Now, here's the thing that will happen. God doesn't say, listen, next year this is going to happen. God did not tell anybody back in August of 2019, hey, you're going to have a pandemic next year. God did not tell us that. 
And God, because it wasn't necessary. We weren't ready for it. God says, listen, the pastor kind of, God didn't tell us how the, all of this unrest in our country be. God didn't tell us about how crazy the election would be. God did not tell us. He prepared us, but not tell us. Our steps are one by one. God lets us know what we need for today. We don't know what's coming six months from now. We don't know who's going to get elected. We don't know what 2021 will be like. People keep saying, I can't wait till 2021. Don't get me wrong. Either can I. Uh, I can't wait till November 4th and a lot of just the craziness would be gone. Uh, and then they'll start over with more craziness. But in this, we look for wisdom. Why? Because how do we navigate what's going on right now? How do we navigate it? And that's where, that is the premise for wisdom. Desiring it, seeking after it like wisdom, because I need to navigate for my family. I need to get, navigate for myself. I need to be able to help my kids through a time that none of us have ever been prepared for. You can't call somebody and say, hey, what was it like in the last pandemic? There's just, we don't have people we know who can talk about that. We're all navigating this all on our own together, but without information, you understand what I'm saying? We have to go to God. He's the only one that can give that wisdom. And that's why it's so important to be in the Word of God, be in prayer, be in church, listening, learning, allowing that wisdom to become part. And it comes down to the heart of what we want and desire to have. I hope that's your desire today. And frankly, I would think it probably is since you're here. You're watching, you're listening. So therefore, I would come to the conclusion that is your desire. And if you continue with this desire, you, God says he will offer to you. And uh, don't give up. Don't let discouragement stop you. It can. It's very powerful. Don't let the fear of what might happen drive you away from the desire for God. Keep close to him and allow him to be that buckler, that strength in the midst of these uncertain and sometimes fearful times. And find your rest in him and watch and see how he will continue to point us and use and, and work all of this for his honor and his glory. Thanks again for joining us for another time of devotion. I hope you'll come back again next time, invite some friends, and again, thank you just for giving me a few minutes of your day today. We hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless.